You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 59 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today we're chatting with Emily Thomas. Now, Emily and I are real life friends. She's here in Dallas, but um, also blogging buddies, I guess you would call it. Um, she writes over at heyemilythomas.com. And we also talk a little bit about um, a side business she has making canvases and selling them on Etsy. Um, and she mentions in the podcast how she's going to give away one of her canvases. So stay tuned for details on that. Um, I love this episode. I really feel like, um, you know, Emily shares her story at the beginning of uh, season of infertility and um, adopting and just the whole journey that God took her on to becoming a mother. And you may not identify with all of those pieces of her story, but the second half of our podcast, oh my goodness, we talk about how do we know which way to go when we're following God's plan? How can we be sure we're not missing it? Um, what do we really believe about God? What, who do we believe he is? How do we deal with our own weaknesses as moms and um, rely on his strength? What does it look like to stop in our days when we're struggling and take a hot second, as Emily calls it, to kind of recenter? And um, we also talk a little bit about a ministry Emily helps out with uh, called Brave Love, which is kind of elevating, it's elevating the role of birth moms and giving them the honor that they deserve for the sacrifice of um, deciding to allow their children to be parented by another mom. So it's a great episode. I know uh, you will be encouraged. And so let's get to it. Here we go. Hey, Emily, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. You know, what's funny is Emily's um, Skype name is Hey, Emily <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> so it works. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, Emily, it, it fits. It fits. So yeah. Emily and I um, are real life friends. Um, but we met via via the blogging, which is my mm -hmm. least favorite word. It's so yucky yeah. sounding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and ha Emily's, you know, I, I consider like real friends have been in my house. So you've been in my house. Our kids have played. Have been. <laughs> yeah. You have been. Um, we talked to Jesus and we talked to each other and we drank coffee. So yeah, we, un we unpacked chairs that one day that <laughs> so we've done. We've done some life. Furniture gets delivered while you come to my house. Yeah. And um, I have learned Emily's story and just her heart and um, just really wanted to share her with y'all. So, Emily, would you uh, introduce everybody to your family and then we'll talk more about them. Okay. Just real quick. 
Real quick, I um, have a husband who's an engineer. He's fantastic. And then I have two kids who are both adopted, and we just got a puppy. I don't really know why. <laughs> it was a lapse in judgment, but no, she's cute. She's cute. I'm holding on to that she is cute. Yeah. 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 And how old are your kiddos? <laughs> um, my daughter is six, and my son is two. And he's, they're just, I, I have spent more time with your son because your daughter is in school when we've gotten together. He's yeah. like, so I would give him all the chocolate and all the food in my house if he just asked for it and get his little smile. Like, it's tricky. He's, yeah. He's really, <laughs> really, really cute. And you would think, like, you have the all American family, the husband and the daughter and the son, which America thinks is what we should have. So you did that. Mm. So that everything's perfect. So yay. It is. That's it. It is. Way yep. to go, Emily. That's the end of the God Cinnamon podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I have arrived, everyone. I just want you to know. Um, but it wasn't always like this, huh? For you. Uh uh-uh, uh. It wasn't. No. It wasn't. Um so take us back to like your mom's story. What um man, where do you want to okay. start? Where do you <laughs> <laughs> well, where do okay, we want to so start we, your mom's story? My um my husband and I got married. 10 years ago, um, next month really. And, uh, we, he wanted to wait a year to ha- try to have kids, uh, to work on our, not work on our, but like focus on our marriage, which I thought that's great. I would really just like to go ahead and have kids, but that's fine. So we waited a year. Yeah. Um, and then we started to try, we said, you know, yes, it's time to, to try for kids. And God said no. And he said no for several years. We, um, we lived in China. We were missionaries there and I really wanted a baby and there was no way to, you know, get like treatment there. We were in rural China. So that was tricky. Um, we tried once we were home during the summers, we'd try like fertility, um, treatments and, um, none of them worked. And we tried, um, even embryo adoption. I don't know if you've heard of yeah, that, but totally snowflake, mm-hmm. snowflake adoption. Yes, yeah. Yes. I have a friend uh-huh. who did that. Her sister did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we tried, um, well, like we got a home study and tried to go down that path. And honestly, I don't really remember. I think God just slowly started changing our hearts towards adoption, Mm. which was not on my radar. I didn't, I wanted my kids to look like me. I wanted to have the pregnancy experience. I've always thought um, maternity clothes were cuter than regular clothes. I don't know. I just really wanted really and it's normal to want that we all our bodies were made to you know have a baby so um well and i just realized i realized yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you i realized people other people i said i knew what embryo adoption was but other people may not know what it is so okay so maybe you should say um extra embryos that are not um I don't know the word implanted or whatever like people that Um, do infertility and ivf yes. yes Um, and then you have an extra, but maybe you have like all the kids you want, but then you still have embryos frozen and, um, there's the whole, when does life start? And if life starts, you know, I don't know. So some people struggle with even doing IVF and some people yeah. don't. And the ones, you know, then they're like, well, we have these embryos and, um, we would love for someone else to benefit from yes. the life potential and the life that's there, whatever whatever your term is for it. And so then you, you adopt them, right. And implant them yourself. Yes. Yes. And, um, I honestly don't remember why we didn't accept 
the fact that we just thought, well, there, there are kids who are already here mm-hmm. who currently have needs. Like, so let's think about that. So then um, God kind of moved us, we thought, towards older child adoption because we thought, well, if we're going to adopt someone who needs a home, who needs it most? And so older children are harder to adopt. They're not so short and cute. And so people tend to not to look over them. So we um, were, I just remember even seeing this little boy with like red hair and I thought, oh, that's going to be my son. And we were just kind of hoping for him. I, I don't remember. He was like eight or 10 or something. And then um, God opened the door to us for us to adopt a two-year-old to become a foster um, foster parents of her. And we said, no, we're like, that's not something mm-hmm. that we feel comfortable with. We, that isn't where we think God's leading us. And we said no several times, actually. And um, God said yes. And he opened all the doors. And basically, there was not stopping it from happening. And so, cause we really did want what God wanted, but we also didn't think this was it. So he said, yes. And so, um, she, that's my daughter and she's fantastic. Um, so she came into your home at two. She was, yeah, we had her second birthday right after she came to live with us. And at that time though, it was a fostering situation. Yeah. And then slowly over several months, um, she became, we adopted her. Um, honestly, that's all kind of a blur. I don't really, I don't really remember all the, you know, the timeline of that, but we, we wanted her to remain since she was the only child in our home. We wanted her to remain the oldest. So, so we went uh, towards infant adoption, which is even, I'm not really a baby person. Mm. (laughs) Um, so I wasn't like super thrilled about that idea, Mm. but, but we wanted her to be the oldest sister and kind of had that I don't know, keep, keep the birth order the way that it kind of would naturally have been, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we did that after a year. Um, you have to wait a year with the agency we were with from one adoption to apply for the next one. Okay. So we waited a year to apply. I really prepared because with my daughter, I had 30 minutes notice. Um, really? I am, yes, I'm type A. I didn't have a toy. I didn't have a dress. I had nothing. Um, and I picked her up at a Starbucks. It was a it was kind of an emergency placement from, from child protective services. And I just thought I am not doing that with this, with this um, next one. And so I just planned and I, I had for two years a nursery and I had like, I could have been on hoarders for the baby things I had diapers. You couldn't even open my closet of, Mm. of the nursery because I just had girl clothes and boy clothes and toys. I was ready. Mm. So, um, we got on the list, we waited for a baby, and we just felt like, you know what, God God is good at keeping babies out of our house, so we are going to be open to whatever he brings us, yeah. trusting that he will, because you have to fill out the sheet. I don't know if people know this, not having, having adopted, but you have to fill out like a sheet of what you'll accept and what you won't accept. Hmm. It's like, it, it almost feels like when you go to order sushi, you like check, <laughs> check a box. It felt really weird. And gross yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you're having to like, yeah. And, and I'm sure it quite requires a lot of communication with your spouse of like, well, I'm okay with that. Why aren't you okay with that? And yeah, it does. It brings up a lot of conversations. Yeah. And it feels just bad. It feels gross. Cause you don't, you, cause then you feel like you're saying, I don't want that baby. I don't, mm. it just was, it was interesting. You don't you want know? to be exclusive. You say, oh, we're inclusive in the church and we're for everyone, but then you're picking and choosing. That's tricky. That is tricky. Yeah. 
But you do, you need to know your limits, you know? And, but we just felt like my daughter, uh, you know, she had, um, there was drugs involved in her, uh, in utero experience. I don't know. So she, she had, um, had some rough history. And so, uh, we felt like, and she was fine. Um, we felt like the Lord would, the Lord would sort it out and we couldn't know ahead of time what was a good idea or not. And so we just said, whatever, Lord, like, and and it was interesting looking back because when we were trying to get pregnant, I was going to have organic, like everything all natural, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be a home birth, probably in a bathtub. (laughs) Like I was going to be as (laughs) crunchy as I could only breast milk until, you know, whatever. And so then God took me to where I'm like, you know what, Lord, you, whatever. I'll take this child who's been exposed to drugs and taken away from, I mean, you were just, you were just thankful. Well, that's what I was thinking when you're going through the list and you're like, you got to know your limits on what you can handle. I bet it causes you to have a kind of a crisis of faith of, yes, I know my limits, what I think I can handle, but you probably didn't think you could handle infertility and you probably didn't think you could handle a child that Hmm. came in the house at two. You know what I'm saying? Like, it probably is this faith of like, okay, I don't think I could handle that, God. So I'm going to say no. And then, you know, where do I trust you, God? Like, yeah, that would, that would really, did you, did I mean, you don't have to tell us what you checked yes or no to, but did you guys, did it take a long time? We said, whatever. We said yes to everything. Wow. Okay. Uh, Because we just felt like he's, he has kept, it's been like six years and he, no baby has come except mm. this one baby that we weren't even considering. Mm. So, so we felt like God is, God is in control. We're yielding to him, but we really don't know. Yeah. We can't know and we can try to know, but we're still not going to know. Yeah. We, our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so anyway, part of me thought that we would get a baby sooner because we would have, we said, we'll take anything or we'll consider you know, anything. Um, a birth mom chose us and she was maybe three months away from delivering. And, um, at the last second, just like they have on all the made for TV movies, lifetime, lifetime. She, she, she chose to parent the, the child. And honestly, I can't blame her. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that happened and, and it's fine. I, you know, it's fine. And then, um, I mean, you say it's fine now, but in the moment, it was, it was hard, but I also, we had done a lot of, um, they, they take you through lots of classes to learn about the birth mom. And, Mm. and we had just really come to realize like, that is the natural way is to go pregnant and leave with the baby in your arms. And so to have carried the baby and then give it to someone else is hard. Yeah. Sorry. So they do, they do something amazing. And so if she felt like she wanted to parent, then wow. Yes. Yeah. She needs to to give it a shot, you know? Yeah. So, um, we also, because we were open to so many things when they had really crazy, painful, hard stories, Mm -hmm. um, they would call us and say, you know, this baby was conceived during rape. This baby was a product of incest. You know, this mm. baby was, and and so they, so they'd say like, talk to your husband and call us in thirty minutes. It's mm, like, oh, wow. oh my goodness. So we got five or six of those calls, and the baby's already there. 
Yeah. And so you may have a baby that night, you know, and, and again, we just, we just prayed and said, Lord, like do what you need to do. And we're going to say yes, because we don't know. And so we did, we said yes um, to all those. And then God said no. And that was really hard because here we are trying to trust him and still the answer is no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, it was time for me to graduate from nursing school. Mm -hmm. My husband was, we were about to be transferred to Texas Mm. and, um, it was time for, to get off the the list of adoption. God had clearly said no. Um, every time you go to a different state, you have to redo all the paperwork and redo the home study. And we were just like, we had done it in China. We had done it in Virginia. We had done it in Arizona and we weren't going to do it in Texas. Like we were just tired. Mm. And so um, I felt really sad because I didn't want one child and I had to come to grips with, like you said, two children, a boy and a girl. That's like the, the all American dream, the thing. Yeah. And so I never thought I felt like one child wasn't, wasn't complete. And, and I just realized, you know what it, it is. If that's, if that's God's plan, that's God's plan and it's perfect. Mm. So I, I was sad and it, and it didn't, it wasn't an easy thing, but I realized God was saying no to us. The time was running out. We need to go ahead and um, get off the list. Um, and so I sold, I dismantled that nursery. That's what I was going to ask that, you. So what did you do with all oh, of the stuff? Man. Well, so I put the, put like the furniture, the crib and stuff on Craigslist. And this lady came and she was about to have a baby in like five minutes. And <laughs> so um, she said she was having a boy. And so I said, great listen, you came for a crib. I gave her all the diapers. I gave her all the, oh, this, it still makes me sad because it was giving up my baby's things. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't having a baby anymore. And, and she's so, walking um, in, she's walking in pregnant about to have her baby. Yes. And I just have been waiting for two years and, and it wasn't happening. And mm-hmm. so, um, I gave her everything, just wanted to bless her. Somebody should have it, you know? And so she just, she drove away with all my baby's things and it was, I was happy, but I was sad. Well, how did she respond? Like, did she recognize that? The, like, did she feel, I mean, not that you know her feelings, but did she project like, oh, I'm so no. sorry. Thank you so much. I know this must you know, be hard honestly, for you. I don't, I don't know if we talked about why, mm. why I was giving her everything. I don't, mm. I don't really know. I don't mm. remember that. Um, but the next day I went to kid to kid, you know, the consignment, yeah. you know, yeah. the used kids yeah. store, and I sold, um, I sold everything else. And the hardest thing was the big sister shirt that I had got my daughter. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah. Um, But so I I was there. I sold everything. I was walking out with the empty laundry basket and my worker called. I had forgotten to get myself off the list. And which is really strange because I am very type A and I, I do, I get things done. Yeah. So she didn't know that we didn't want to adopt anymore. Okay, so the work the worker called and she said, We have a baby here and he's yours if you'd like him. We've chosen you. So there was no like anyone's gonna change their mind. Like he was ours. The agency had chosen, um, because the birth mom had just given the baby to the agency and said, Wow, please give him to someone. And so I, I You're like literally, literally standing outside of kid to kid. And I had yeah, holding an empty laundry basket. I once again had nothing. Mm. for my baby again and so it was god knows i like irony he knows i like humor mm. and i'm telling you he is so funny mm. <laughs> so i once again i had no toys i had no nothing i had I, so i said my worker knew me really well we had been on this road for years 
I said, he is going to sleep in a laundry basket, but I am so happy to have him. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, we, four, four hours later, we had a son. Mm. Um, and how old was he? He was just a day. He was four days old. Wow. Four days old. So it just, it's the story of us saying no. And then at that point, God said yes. So I, it just felt like we were, we couldn't really tell what God was doing, but God was answering. Mm. It was just the opposite of what we thought, but he was still faithful to move us from point A to point B, even though it felt very schizophrenic, very yeah. confusing. Yeah. But, but he was faithful and he was moving us. Wow. You know? No, I just, so, I mean, I just think I'm thinking of like all the moms who are bringing all of their stuff and it may not be physical cribs and clothes and diapers that we think we bring to the table. For me, it was, I got a master's degree in zero to three development. I know, I know babies. Mm, I'm bringing that to the table, God. I'm bringing, Mm. oh, I was raised by Christian parents. I'm bringing that to the table, God. These are all of my my things that I'm bringing the qualifications. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Qualifications or their stuff that make us think that this is going to make us be the good mom. And when mm-hmm. he just strips us of that, you know, even em- Amy Julia um, Becker, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, when she thought, you know, she's really intelligent. She went to Princeton. She's bringing all that to the table and her daughter's born with Down syndrome. And he stripped mm. her of all her expectations of what her daughter would be and said, yeah. you know what? Trust me. Trust me. I this is my child that I am allowing you to bring through this world. It's a soul that's mine, and I'm giving you this this body, this child to love, to show them me. And it's not about you, and it's not about it's not about what you bring to the table. And <laughs> empty yeah. laundry basket. Seriously, can we just call call the book that? Let's call it that. We're in, <laughs> we're in time. <laughs> laundry. I mean, oh, what, what do we not have? You know, we have we have God, and and then your whole yeah. journey of the yes and the nos. I mean, who doesn't have stories of not that not that match your identical situation, but the whole back and forth. Do we take this job? Yeah. Do we not take this job? Do we move here? Do we not? Um, and just the following God, you know? Like, yeah. And I feel like I spent so much of the time afraid that I was going to miss what he was doing. Like I mm. felt like it was a puzzle. I needed to like just try one more time from a different angle and I'd crack the code and I'd have a baby because God was like keeping something from me. He just wanted me to work for it. Mm. And I, that's my, that's my problem. I just want to, I want to work harder for everything. And so, um, Isaiah 30 says your own ears will hear him right behind you. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Like he loves us. He wants us Mm. to know his plan. Mm. Um, we just were reading Leviticus in our at yeah, church. Preach on and, Leviticus, uh, <laughs> girl. It, it makes me laugh so hard because God is so detailed. Yeah. It's so really amazing sometimes. You think, really, did I need to know that I need to reinforce the collar of the priest's robe? Like, right, I don't, right, right, I didn't right, know right. I needed to know that. But just, wow, he, he is detailed. I feel like also I thought I was forgotten. I had slipped through the cracks or, mm. you know, like, I don't know. And just to realize God, God is very detailed. There, there is a plan and he, he does have a plan and he will tell us because he's good to us. It wouldn't be kind for him to keep things from us that we, we couldn't know. And also he made us. So he knows the way that we need to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think what's interesting about what you're saying is that you're kind of revealing. It's kind of taking what you thought, who you thought God was 
your image of who God is. He's a he's a God who makes me work, right? That's what you said. Yeah. I, I need I need to figure. Yeah. This out. He's a God who makes me work and earn His good gifts. He's a God who makes things tricky that I have to figure it out in order to make it happen. Yeah. And 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 no, the whole time he's like, "Girl, I got these two kids. I really need you to raise." Can you, yeah. we'll, we'll just can we just walk through these really hard things? And I'm not <laughs> leaving your side. Uh, yeah. And you don't mm-hmm. need to do flips, and you don't need to buy lots of stuff. Just just hang on, and I'm gonna bring them to you, um, and yeah. I'm gonna bring them to you. Yep. Man, wowzers, wowzers. Yeah. And I think the thing that I really I recently made a canvas of this. Um, oh yeah. It's a hill made- hill song um song called I think Oceans or something. Yes. But it says. Oh my gosh, that song is fantastic. But we need to call upon his name and keep our eyes above the waves. Like just yes. sometimes when you're just so broken, mm-hmm. that's all you can do. Like some days I just would say, Lord, I love you. I just help, like mm. help me make it through five minutes. I'm so sad. Mm. And um, I don't know. We just have to focus on him and just keep communication open, even if it's just one word, you know? And um, that's good. It reminds me of when, um, when we were in China, I think I was telling you this, but um, we looked different, obviously, than the Chinese people. And we were in rural China, and so they hadn't seen a lot of white people, but they, except in the movies. Okay, so we were super interesting, and they <laughs> and they were all they were all on bikes, you know, yeah. and and they would just run because they would stare at us. They would run into us on their bikes because <laughs> that's what they were looking at us, and so and they would be so. In China, you don't want to stick out. You don't want to be, uh, you just want to blend in. Um, as a, in the culture, it's opposite of us. You don't want to be like. You don't you draw attention to, our, to yourself. That, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. And so so when you're running into foreigners on bikes, that it kind of draws attention to yourself. So they felt so awful, but but they were looking at us. And so they ran into us. So I see in my life when I look at the negative things, which is mm. something I really struggle mm. with. Yeah. That's all I see. And um so I love the idea that we have to keep our eyes above the waves. Mm. There's always waves. I have my kids and oh my gosh, there's even, there are different waves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. matter what we think we need when we get it. There's more waves and we just, we need to look at God. Yeah. We need to focus on him. Wow. Yes. So. And and I forgot to mention, well, okay. Two things. One, okay. um, I forgot to mention that you're, uh, you make canvases. Yes. Which Thank I love. You. In the course of me knowing you, this is like a, a art or a craft or a skill that you have discovered you enjoy, and um, yes. and so yeah, I'll put a link to your little shop because um, it's scripture, yes. and I have one on my desk. Um, we were just looking at it yesterday because my son said, "Why is he capitalized?" It was, um, "I will declare he is my mm. something like that." So, um, he, and you know, we have to talk about how God and how you capitalize he. Anyway, mm, so yeah. y'all check out Hey Emily's stuff. Yes. Um, and we had talked about it. I don't know. Um, but I have a canvas that I'm turning it into a print, the one about the keep your eyes upon above the waves. And so we can give one of those away if you want. Ooh, I like it. People. Yes. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So leave a comment on the blog um, that goes with this podcast or leave a review on iTunes and you will be entered to win one of Emily's canvases. It will change your life. (laughs) Okay, but I, so this morning, I don't know how I got there. We did Leviticus and now we're doing numbers in BSF. Okay. And I did not realize that the story of Balaam, do you remember Balaam? Have you heard about Balaam? The talking donkey? Yes, donkey. Uh uh 
And I didn't know that was in numbers. I didn't know okay. that story was in numbers. But I was um, looking at it today, and what struck me was he was a prophet, but he wasn't living with the Israelites. Like, he was okay. someplace else. And this king wanted Balaam to put a curse on the Israelites. Yes. So, but was what, what struck me is what you're saying is he had to keep going to God to hear what God wanted to do next. It wasn't like he had a plan and he went with it. Like, mm. he, like he was like, well, I shouldn't go with these guys and do the curse. So he's like, let me check with God. And God's like, yeah, don't go with them. And then yeah. the king sends back, you know, ups the ante. And he's like, I got to go talk to God. Let me go check yeah, with he God. Did. He kept and then back, God yeah. was like, no, go. But you can only say what I say. And he's like, okay, now I can go. So he goes, and then the donkey's like, to- the donkey three times sees the angel, but Balaam doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. how often we're not keeping our eyes. He, God said, only say what I say, only do what I do, but he does, like, not even miss. He's missing it, right? Mm-hmm. But he's still going in the right direction because, you know, God can use a donkey yes. to get our attention. Absolutely. So I think we can choose to go the hard way and keep beating up a donkey and, and waiting until a donkey talks <laughs> to God. But like, I just love that he kept going back to God. And I think yeah. in these challenges of we're like, do we go to the right or to the left? If you aren't even mm. checking in with God, you won't know. You won't know yeah. you, if you don't keep checking in and looking at him, we can say, keep your eyes on God, look above the waves. What does that for you mean? Like, how do you, Emily Thomas, Keep your eyes on God in the day-to-day. I tend to be really impulsive. Yeah. And so um, I'm learning to not do the thing I want to do the second that I want to do it. Mm. (laughs) I know that that's like Like impulse control. I just never never learned that. So that is something – because it's me yielding to the fact that God probably has a different plan and – I want that instead. Mm. So for me, it's just to take a, take a hot second and have a look and mm. have a, have a prayer and seek some counsel about things. Um, and also I just, I need to get up before my kids wake up and, and spend time with God. Mm. Um, that's how I, that's how I do it. And I take little breaks because my kids wear me out. They are really loud and sticky and <laughs> So so much whining. Wait, and- you mean because God? Wait a second. I thought because God gave you these kids, <laughs> He gave you perfect oh, kids yeah. that don't sin. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, no, it didn't happen. They're fantastic, but we drive each other crazy, and I feel like that's how we know we love each other. Is we the crazy really comes out. So what do you do we in are your very bre- very comfortable around each other? <laughs> and what do you do during your breaks? <laughs> Like for the mom that's listening, it's like, yes, I need a break. I, it, that, the morning thing works for me till about 9 a.m., she says. And then. Oh, yeah. Until then they wake up. Until it works like, super. I am um, so holy between 6 and 6.30. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I'm realizing about myself that I am really sensitive to noise and mm. um, which is <laughs> really challenging when you have two kids. Um, so I just take little breaks and uh go into my room like five minutes or whatever, or I'll tell them because kids need to be noisy. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. so terrible to tell a kid to be quiet all the time. So I welcome them to any other place in the house than where I am. <laughs> so welcome to your rooms. Welcome to the backyard. Get out of the kitchen where I am. So I just, I'm learning my limits and just honoring the fact that if I don't get a little bit of um, sanity, some moments, then it goes Poorly for everybody, and yeah. I don't want that, and they certainly don't want that. Yeah. So. So, yeah. do you like? Is it just kid noise, or like if you turn on music, 
Would that drown, like, would that reset your brain or do you need like total silence? I'm, I, it's like noise and light and. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, all, so all the things. it's kind of everything. Like I just have to go. It's, it's weird. I feel like. It's not weird. It. It's, that's not it's weird. True. It's myself. Um, and it's so I being just, aware I just so you don't quiet. lose it. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. You just go. So mainly quiet, like low light, like <laughs> some kind of a cave atmosphere sounds really great. Just. Yes dark and quiet and yeah. and just for a couple minutes, you know, and I can say, Lord, like he, I, I am extra sensitive, but he also made me. And so my prayer has become just help me not be so sensitive to this thing right now. Like I still mm. have five more hours until they go to sleep. And so please dull my, <laughs> my, my sensitivities, help me not need things so quiet for just a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I've, I spent this week, um, chatting with some friends from college. We have this private Facebook group and we've been talking about um, what it means like when Paul says he's going to boast in his weaknesses, you know, mm. what does that really yeah. mean? And like, if we pray like you did, like God help me. And sometimes it feels like he's not like, what is that mm-hmm. about? And um, mm-hmm. how really, you know, it, it goes back to even, even at the heart of infertility, how some women can struggle with feeling of like the less than, like, I'm just not, the weakness mm. of I, I'm not I'm not having children. What's yeah. you know what's wrong or or I'm since like you said there's something wrong with me. I'm you know all these things that you know my struggle is I, I lose my temper and I get angry and that can mm-hmm. that's such a weakness to me. Like I can do all these things right and I can't do that. What is yeah. and so I just really feel like it's 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 God saying okay I'm not going to take that away from you like. Yeah. That's just we don't want to depend on him and we want it to go away so we can just. Yeah, I'm not taking that away from you because if I did, then why would you need me? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you need me? So um, it's it's boasting that because of those things, I need him and he is is going to do his great plan for our kids and our lives and our days and our minutes in spite of those things. And he's not he's not surprised that we have these yeah. weaknesses. It wasn't like he was like, what? You struggle with anger? Why did I give her four boys? That was a terrible idea. Uh, yeah. You know, I or why did I give, you know, I don't think he's shocked. So whatever you're, you know, the mom listening, whatever her quote unquote, she feels is a weakness. You don't like crafts. You don't, you know, whatever you feel is a weakness, that is not a shock to God. And he will be present for you, but he may not take it away. So yeah. That, but I think the fact that you're going to him is exactly what he wants, right? That's yeah, true. Taking mm-hmm. that break and being like, you know what? I discovered this about myself. I need to go take a break, and mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna boast in that weakness that I need yeah. God. So I think that's and it's really tricky good. because I really am. I like getting tasks done, and mm-hmm. so to take a break seems mm-hmm. like I'm losing, right? But I'm realizing like I. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my bananas if I don't take <laughs> The productivity is not going to go up if you're yeah. losing, yeah, your mind. Yeah, yeah. And yes. everybody lives. That's the funny thing is I also think I, like, run the universe. And so when mm. I take a break and everyone's fine, I yes. think, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, but they had good. They had to work it out on their own, and they did. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. They could go get mm. that water, and I thought I had to get it every time. Yeah. So. so. Well, before I uh, say adios, um, I know you got choked up when you were talking about birth moms back a few minutes ago, and I wanted to let you yeah. 
I didn't want to attack you in the moment. Um, uh, <laughs> talking about it when you're, uh, it's, it's a tender topic. And um, yeah. I know you and I are both part of this Declare conference. And it was at the Declare conference um, last August when I first found out about a ministry that you are helping out with now. Um, and actually, I found out a gal whose kids go to school with my kids is like started it. Which I don't oh, know. Oh, cool. I know. I love that. Um, it's called Brave, Brave Love. Brave yeah. Love. And um, can you tell everybody more about it? Because I think it's super cool. Yes. It's just um, a organization that seeks to elevate the role or the, the perception of birth moms. Because uh, to carry a child is is really a brave thing to do when you aren't able to parent it and you know that Mm -hmm. um abortions are fast they're cheap they're socially accepted basically and um and so to not just do that is a is a giant sacrifice of love and so um at first yeah i really didn't want to have to rely on a third party to have a child i really resented their role i kind of just wanted to have them drop the baby off and go away, you know, was, was, and I think it's what a lot of people do because it's complicated and it's messy and, um, you're dealing with your own things. The fact that you can't have a child Mm -hmm. if if you're adopting because of infertility. Um, but God has really changed my view of them. And I actively seek to, um, pray for, I pray a lot for, for my kiddos, birth moms. Um, and I'm hoping for good relationships. They're not there yet, but, um, but the story's not over. So that's really awesome. And what, like, so what specific things does Brave Love do? What could, could anyone? Um, you know what? I, you, they, on their blog, they have, um, like letters from birth moms, uh, telling about their experience. I think a lot of it's just letting people know they're people and they mm. did something awesome. And, and they hold like banquets for the birth moms and they just do things to just let them know like you you are special Mm. and you you are valuable Mm. and it's yeah it's important just kind of raising awareness in in um i think i was telling you i think like a cultural shift right Mm -hmm. that if that position was honorable more women Mm -hmm. would would um take pride in that position right absolutely yeah. yeah. And I was thankful that our agency did a really good job of humanizing them, you know? Mm. Um, and it, it really, me and my husband, it just radically changed our view of them. And, and because right now my, my relationships with my birth moms aren't super, um, and I do reach out and, and things like that, but, um, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of loss and a lot of hurt in adoption. And mm-hmm. we think of just the, the happy, you bring home a baby, but, there's a lot of loss. And so, um, you've, you've got to make room for them to be hurting because it's, mm. it's hurtful. Um, but anyway, God has just opened the door for me to work as a nurse in a women's clinic to help, um, give care to birth moms. And, um, I just feel like that's a real blessing. I can still minister to birth moms. Yeah. So, yeah. And which, um, which clinic is that? Uh, it's called Thrive Women's yeah. Clinic. Yeah, they just changed yeah. the name. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm very excited. Yes, yes, we love them here in Dallas. And I'm sure, yeah. um, I've, I've, you know, our MOPS group, actually, I think tomorrow our church's MOPS group is collecting items for Thrive. And, you know, if you have um, 
a pregnancy resource center in your area, I'm sure they would love donations of diapers, wipes. They give new little packages to um, new moms that decide to um, parent their babies. And then uh, there's even, I know moms who go in and they just counsel, they just talk. Um, They have training for some people, you know, you have to have every degree, but they have Bible studies for women who are um, going through the pregnancy and just need someone to talk to or even just like mom training sessions like they do all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff so they have uh the store you earn things while you take classes and so mm. and I saw the store and it's it's so cool I just I love that they do that mm. I was actually yesterday I was in my first ultrasound like yeah like, obviously for not not for me <laughs> excuse like, me but it was really cool to with a with the mom it was fun it was the first time she'd seen the baby yeah, and she saw the heartbeat, and it's just, it was a fun experience that I never, I never got to have, and I was, it was really neat to be able to experience that, and I'm going to get trained to do that, and I'll be able to do that on a regular basis. I think it's fun. I just love it. I love how God redeems all things, and yes. it may not be in the time we want, but um, just to hear or the, your... Or the way we thought. <laughs> or the way with the empty laundry basket. I think that um, just to see how he's you know, taking your story in full circle and how you're ministering to women now and um, loving on moms is super, 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 super. You like that? <laughs> yes. I talk. Um, Thank I, you. <laughs> Emily, thanks for being here. I know you're a funny, yeah. silly girl, and I like that you cried. So. Oh, thank you. I means, like to cry when I'm nervous. I like it. I love crying <laughs> so much. To me, oh, it's brother. like the, the creme de la creme. When, when we have a Bible study and no one cries, I'm like, shoot, man, this was here? not good. This was <laughs> not a good Bible study. Oh, man. So, yeah, you can uh, always count on me for a good cry. Oh, well, awesome. And a good laugh. If y'all oh, want to wow. laugh, I think you need to you need to you need to follow <laughs> Emily's Instagram account. Um, <laughs> you are you're a funny gal. You're a funny gal. Oh, thank you. You're and, sweet. So if y'all connected with any part of Emily's story, definitely reach out to her because I know she would love to chat with you, email with you, encourage you. Yes, yes. If you uh, find yourself in any place in her story, so um, thanks, yes. Emily, again for being with me today. You are so welcome. Thank you, Heather. All right. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you've been encouraged to keep your eyes on God and how to do that throughout your day. I hope you are encouraged that no matter what your weakness is, that God is greater and he made you. He knows you. He knows where you're going to struggle and he does that. So you rely on him Um, because if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus, right? So I thank you all for listening. I am so um, glad Emily shared just a part of her story. Emily has a great great story and um, I'm sure we'll hear more from her in the future. I also wanted to go, uh, do a quick shout out to those who have left um, reviews on iTunes. That is so kind of y'all. Uh, in Brook 22, I am so glad that you've been encouraged and thank you for encouraging others to check it out. Um, Mike WLGM, uh, I am so glad that you are able to listen while you're taking your babies for a walk in the stroller, um, even when you have a bad day, knowing that you can listen. That is so nice to hear that that you have something that pulls you up and lifts you up um, on those hard days. April EC, um, I'm glad you find the topics relevant 
to your season as a mom of two small children. I'm also glad you're enjoying the book recommendation, author interviews, um, and the scripture that we're talking about. Trista, thank you for your review. Um, I'm glad that you know, you know that you're not alone and that listening to other moms and their journeys has helped you uh, and encouraged you to seek God's heart. So thank you all. And remember, if you leave a comment over on the blog post that goes with this, podcast or you write a review that you'll be entered to win a canvas that a print of a canvas that Emily has made with um, a line from that Hillsong Oceans uh, song. So thank you all for listening. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.